1: Spirit, Um, and I'm so glad you joined us. I'm Tracy, and uh, Leslie and I are happy to greet (laughs) you you and welcome you to today's show. What were you saying? Did you almost forget my name? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Okay, good, good, good. So why don't you tell folks a little bit about Say Yes to Spirit?
0: Say yes to spirit is a concept that uh, Tracy and I came up with about four years ago. The idea of what would life be like if we always said say yes to spirit. And I'll never forget talking about it. And it's interesting. I just had a conversation with someone who told me that uh, my energy or how I do things. I tend to just dive in and I don't really think about oh how to do it or the logistics of things. I just think oh yeah that's a good idea let's do that. Tracy and I had a conversation about possibly doing a show about that and Tracy was going to be very organized and figured out how to get it all set up and I said, well, let's start Monday. <laughs> and we did our first show like 72 hours after we thought about it and um, that sort of speaks to how the I think the shows have gone in terms of, you know, we just, we just do it. If we say yes to spirit, then the details do get worked out and I think probably I could, you know, benefit from having a little bit more of the details sometimes ahead of things but and also i think there's a great uh a great uh wisdom in just just doing it just just doing it and see how it works and um over the course of all of these years certainly this hour of my week has been incredibly beneficial to me and i i like how that works um, years ago when i was in Al-Anon and i used to speak i had a sponsor one time before i spoke the first time and she's i was very nervous i said you know what if i don't help anyone or don't do anything or don't have something to share that's of value. And she said, you know, Leslie, if you talk, when you talk, if you, as long as you say a little prayer, God help me, help one person. And she said, by talking, you're always going to help yourself, so you've already guaranteed the, the benefit because you're already going to help one person. So, um, you know, hopefully the ripple effects help others, but certainly this hour each week uh, has been immeasurably helpful to me, so... So thank you, Tracy, for providing uh, this hour
1: each week for me. Uh, Yeah, one person. That's all it takes. Help one. (laughs) That's all it takes. And uh, every week, we always try to connect the dots between our most recent show and our theme for the day because we always start with a theme. And most of the time, we stick with the theme. uh, But sometimes we don't. And so last time, our theme was magic. And this time, our theme is action. So from magic to action, um, when you hear the cute little connected dot theme music you know that leslie's about to connect us yeah
0: magic to action you know that's interesting because it kind of feeds off of what i was just saying in terms of i think most of us have these impulses or these ideas or these things that we think oh i need to do that you know that sort of intuitively something that feels right and then we sort of do get kind of bogged down and well how do i do it or gosh that's too big of a thing for me to do and Last week we talked about, was it uh, David and Goliath? I had the name wrong last week. But the idea that, you know, um, if I don't get in action, if I don't get on the field, if I don't start taking that action, then these intuitions or these little knowings that I have um, don't ever get the opportunity to be manifested. And so, in a strange way, by not just taking that leap, I'm um, not only harming myself, but I'm probably harming the good or the ripple effect of whatever it is that would come of my intuitive thought for others. Um, so it's sort of, by not taking action, I'm I'm keeping my, what is that idea, that light under a bushel?
1: <laughs> and uh-huh.
0: There's, there's no light that can be seen underneath the bushel. And um, so, you know, getting into action, getting into action is the way that it... Uh, and it goes from here to there, I guess. So that is a pretty easy connect the dots for me because uh, cause it is it is about taking the action. If I don't take the action, then then nothing can come of it. So that's, that's
1: my connect the dots. And a good connect the dots it is. So everybody mm-hmm. just hang in there, and you know, we're going to take a little one-minute break, and then we'll come back, and we will dive into talking about action on Say Yes to spirit. Yeah. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie, and our theme today is action. Action. What does saying yes to spirit have to do with action? I have no idea. (laughs) Well, thanks for coming. (laughs) But in 50 minutes, by the time we've finished this conversation, I am sure I will have something to say about action action and saying yes to spirit.
0: You know, I'm looking at uh, Tracy Brown's earrings. She has the Science of Mind symbol. What is that? It's the uh, the cult sign of Science of Mind. <laughs> Tracy Brown loves when I throw in little ideas like that. But it's the symbol. But it's not, It's the teaching symbol. Is that the correct name? And it uh, it it symbolizes how I understand it. It's sort of a circle. And it has a V in the middle, with uh, two lines, kind of representing the three different uh, sort of the spirit and then the action. Middle, the you know our part, and then the bottom being the experience or the the uh, the earthly experience. And um, and the little V symbolizes how I think about it is my my action, my (coughs) part of the process and in terms of what I need to do to activate the uh, the experience of my thinking, my thoughts, my beliefs, creating my experience, and if I don't take any action to become, A, conscious of what am I thinking, what am I believing, how are those thoughts and beliefs kind of um, steering my life's experience if I don't take action to be first become aware of it and then shift it if it's not manifesting something that I want it to manifest so so the so the idea of action is the thing that that really is creative and if I don't take action then I'm not creating and if I don't take action then I'm almost I've heard you say a lot and I think it's true you know we're always um, creating uh, either by choice or by autopilot or by default, and um, so the idea of taking a bit of uh, active control of that, and um, and again, I, I flip back to this kind of thing that's been on my mind the last few weeks in terms of letting go and letting God and letting God kind of be the the impulse of my actions but still somehow, some way, I've got to get into action, I've got to get into movement, I've got to get into choice, um, and that's the only way that really any change for myself can happen, and then, of course, it appears that my word for the day is ripple, but uh, through through my actions, and that, that always ripples out to those around me.
1: Yeah, so it's really interesting because we um, so often talk about how important it is for us to manage our thoughts. Yes. To consciously choose our thoughts. And and in doing that, we are taking action. We're mm-hmm. taking action to choose. Yes. And, uh, um, and our lives reflect so much more about other kinds of physical action as well. Our physical action of what we do, when we do it, how we show up. Um, taking action on the on the ideas and the intuitions we have and actually, you know, creating a new habit by doing mm-hmm. something differently.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, yeah, I think when we say yes to spirit, when we really say yes to spirit... <laughs> yeah, right. Not just kind of out of habit or um, automatic trying to please someone else, right, right, right. when we really say yes to spirit in term, in our own lives, how how could we not take action? I mean, that's kind of what's in my mind, like, well, of course I'm going to take action. Mm-hmm. If I'm being guided, guarded, and directed, if I'm being guided by, by spirit to go in a certain direction, well, then again, I think about all the people I know who are ministers and, and even some practitioners, but especially ministers who have been like, yeah, I got the calling, <laughs> but I said, I don't think so. They knew they had the calling. Uh-huh. They knew they were being guided to do that, and they said, no, I'm, I don't want to do it. They wouldn't take action toward right toward what they were sure they were supposed to do, what they were clear about. And so if you don't take the action, you start hitting walls, right? You right. start hitting
0: brick walls. And I'm wondering, you know, many times, is it fear that keeps me from taking action? Is it anxiety of what might happen and that you know, keeps me from taking action? Uh, in the conversation I just had with someone earlier this morning, you know, her point seemed to be, Oh, other people will think I'm crazy if I start talking about these things or I start sharing <laughs> my experiences or start, um, you know, she's in her mid-40s and she's kind of getting in touch with some of her own um, intuitive gifts and some of her gifts of, in terms of um, entities and energies on the other side of the veil and, and getting uh, some language around that. And then but her life situation is she's surrounded by people who that kind of language would seem foreign or sort of frightening, you know, just to be able to say, oh, I hear guides or I have sense of things on the, you know, unseen. And so how to overcome that sense of, well, everybody I know will think I'm crazy and so that stops me from taking action. So, you know, there's some value even in understanding, you know, why is it that I feel kind of guided in this direction? yet I'm, you know, sitting on both my hands and closing my eyes and barely breathing to stop myself from moving, you know. What, what, what is keeping me kind of in my own muck? Which I have become so, you know, accustomed and slightly enjoy my own muck. So there's something to be said about wallowing around in muck. I certainly understand
1: that. Maggie is always an option. <laughs> always an option. Yes, it is. Yeah, I don't know. I think... Um, I, I'm sitting here trying to think of, are there times when taking action is not good? When you said yes to spirit. I mean, there's all kinds of actions that might not be, well, good, for lack of a better word in this moment, um, when I'm running away from spirit or when I'm ignoring spirit. But if I'm saying yes to spirit, I, it's like I'm trying to think. Can I think of an example of when I said yeah, when I say yes to spirit, and then I take the action and it doesn't work out? I mean, sometimes you do things that you're scared to do. Mm-hmm. You you know you feel the fear and do it anyway, kind of right. thing, because you you have said yes to spirit, and you know that there's a divine order happening and flow in your life, uh, even though it may be uncomfortable or challenging mm-hmm. or um, I had a conversation yesterday with someone who um, knows what she wants to do, but she doesn't know the how.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, she knows what she wants the outcome to be, and because she doesn't know the how, she's kind of immobilized. Right. Well, that happens to all of us, but mm-hmm. the saying yes to spirit is just, like, she's clear about the outcome. So you just take one step at a time, right, you do whatever's right in front of you and don't try to do the outcome because you don't know how to do that yet. You haven't done all the steps in between to get there.
0: And the idea of, you know, starting every day, I had someone years ago say, okay, you know, you're very clear on the outcome, well you know, every day wake up and have the meditation be, or have the thought be, today, people and places and things will line up for me to move forward towards this. I don't know what they're going to be. And if I'm open to it, I mean, I can recall years ago having random occurrences in airports and meeting people, you know, in lines at 7-Eleven that ended up providing information or, um, uh, you know, guidance in doing this or opening up uh, an avenue of um, uh, resources that I hadn't thought about by some, this really clear example of this random person in the airport that, you know, I connected with randomly and we had this conversation and I actually can you imagine this, 30 years ago, brought him to my house and allowed him to sleep on my couch because his plane had been delayed. And I lived to tell the tale. I mean, most people would think he'd be, you know, never seen again. But he he was, you know, really into, at that time, what was known as Est, which is, you know, ultimately the cult that then been can- then, then created Landmark. But, you know, at the end of the day, back in the day, it, it was almost a, a more pure kind of thing. And and that opened my mind to a whole different, at that point, that kind of thing wasn't part of my mind. I had a fairly traditional um, Methodist, uh, you know, upbringing and, and I, you know, that sort of, um, all of the thinking that goes along with that, which is, you know my belief system is everything that is now a big thing you know and the core base is is truth and then somehow man gets involved and we create things that then become sort of strange and something they weren't designed to be but at their core base they have this level of you know the jet stream and he introduced me to that and i mean he was this complete stranger in an airport and so again i think you know if you look at that just on a superficial level my goodness that's a that's an un ridiculous thing you know to do but again being lined up to spirit there is something energetic that you know protects and as you said guides and guarded right the next g is guarded so if I'm in alignment with that then um, the things that happen the action that I take will be will be protected
1: so what's going on with you today in (laughs) cults that's it that's it, the cult. You know, people say AA is
0: a cult. I mean, by definition, everything, yeah, know. you know, that is a cult. <laughs> well, I don't know, it's just fun, and it, you know, it's slightly off-putting to hear. So, you know, I like to say words that sort of make people go, what? Did she just say what? That's kind of fun for me. Yes. Well. <laughs> you know, you t- a real, uh, real obvious kind of metaphor for action. You said something about, you know, taking, you know, physical, physically staying active. My mother is 90 years old, and... um When she was in her mid-fifties, I guess, she was diagnosed with lupus and uh, very interestingly enough, my mother chose not to take any kind of uh, regular treatment for that They wanted to put her on steroids and somehow her intuition knew that wasn't good for her, so she started doing um, exercise, water aerobics, this is, you know, what is that, 30 years ago, which was fairly unheard of, and she does that three days a week and she's done it ever since then for the last 30 years. And um, she had a bit of a fall about a month ago, and then she had some sort of pain, and she started not doing her water aerobics a couple of times, and then she got kind of scared to to do them, thinking that that would exaggerate or exaggerate. What's that word? Make worse the pain. Yeah. And um, my I have two other sisters, and one other sister is a nurse, and, and she and I were like, get to the pool. You've got to stay in the pool. Oh, dear God. Bad things are going to happen if you don't get to the pool and keep moving in the water, you know, because God forbid, you know, we have to take care of her. <laughs> so the motivation is really selfish. But, you know, trying to keep her active, moving, and right. understanding, you know, really her body at 90, there's natural things happening that if she gives into and just sort of sits, then that's really going to create a lot of atrophy and a lot of negative things, you know, physically. So just keeping movement, physical movement going, you know, keeps so many things oiled and greased and, you know, moving in a good direction. So, you know, that's an easy metaphor to look at, that if I don't move physically, if I don't move spiritually, if I don't move mentally, then, you know, it's going to just shut down. And over time it'll, you know, become hardened and then it'll be more difficult to move.
1: Yeah, I like that. And I agree with it, and I think it is... um a really good thing to think about, one, are you taking any action at all on a regular basis? And then, two, is that action that you are taking reflecting an attitude of saying yes to spirit?
0: Yeah, that's a good question, isn't it? You can look back on the day. I mean, I can easily look back on the day and say, oh, yeah, my action was positive and clearly in alignment, or, oh, no, I was in fear and anxiety and worry and uncertainty and irritation and, you know, what if and why me, God, and, you know, I can clearly see what my action
1: was. Right. So a lot of us spend a lot of our time being in action, but in action that moves us away from that presence and sense of God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And... Um, yeah, I want to say yes to spirit. I want to choose. I want to be intentional about being in action, not for God. Ah, there's a nice little...
0: In the good. sense
1: of, <laughs> in order to get check marks on my past <laughs> list. To get into the eye of the needle. But, um, oh, that is such a mix of stories. <laughs> <laughs> God.
0: It makes sense to me, in my mind, yes, uh, very
1: small, yes. Uh-huh. And, um, and so, yeah, if I think about yesterday, uh, midday or in the afternoon, maybe around 2 o'clock, 2.30 in the afternoon yesterday, um, I posted on Facebook, I definitely was in the flow. Nice, Chase. I definitely was in the flow or in the jet stream, as you would say. Mm-hmm. Um... You know, I got up really early. I finished a couple of things. I finished, you know, in three less than three hours. I mm-hmm. completed something that that I've been not doing. A project I've Isn't been not finishing yeah. for the last ten weeks. Love it. Uh-huh. You know, and it's like two hours and <clears throat> forty-five minutes. I'm I'm done with all three parts of it. And I had a great meeting about some new work and a new project and returned a dozen emails and calls. And it's like 2 o'clock, but I was exhausted. <laughs> like, I was exhausted and I laid down to take a nap. But the whole thing, you know, felt like it was in response to saying yes to spirit in the context of um, the afternoon before I actually had a... Practitioner session with someone who, you know, kind of in our conversation, what became clear to me was oh, I was like trying to hold on to a lot of stuff that really I've already turned my direction. I've turned my action toward a new course, Mm -hmm. right? I have a new book out. I'm doing new things focused on, you know, prayer and speaking and, you know, practitioner stuff. And this you know, all this, not all of it, but some of this stuff related to what I used to do, Mm -hmm. it's like there's a part of me still hanging on to it. Mm -hmm. Like, I do want to let it go, but not completely. You know, (laughs) I want to let it go, but if I just don't ever finish this project, then I'll just keep that project. I don't want any new projects like that. Right? mm -hmm. I, I don't want anything new like that. I'm not going out trying to sell that work, that kind of work. But when I'm done with that, then I'll really be done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, I can't do that. So I just won't do it. Yeah. I mean, do you know? So, but I wasn't conscious of Mm -hmm. any of that. Mm -hmm. So my actions, my actions were moving in a whole nother direction. And then I had these other actions Mm -hmm. that were still clinging to the past. You know, I have to still do this. Well, you know, I can't disconnect from there. Oh no, oh no. She has her psychotherapist face on. Oh wow. <laughs> it's a face? There's a face? You went to psychotherapy. Love community. it. <laughs> What's that face? Oh yeah, that's a
0: good face. That's and so you know, great.
1: Your thoughtful look. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, that's
0: good to know. It's a thoughtful look, I guess.
1: <laughs> that's anyway, great. So, but it felt so much like, you know, interestingly, I'm taking the action, so I'm not immobilized in the new direction mm-hmm. kind of immobilized in the old direction not letting go not moving forward not letting go um not really taking any action either way stuck and and at the same time going forward it's really it was really very weird but when i look at the day overall because of that breakthrough of understanding on the previous day Yesterday I was just completely in the flow of the new closing out the old moving toward the new took a nap got up and immediately sat down and started again m- moving into mm. working with the new nice so you know it it has to go beyond thinking mhm and a lot of times we'll say to people, look at what's happening in your life and that will tell you what you really believe, mm-hmm. right? We do oh, yeah. that all the time. Sad, the truth. Yeah, it is sometimes sad. Um, but what, I, what I'm looking at is look at what you're doing. So not just look at what's in your life and surrounding you, but mm-hmm. look at what you are doing and how you are being. What actions are you taking? And... Um, and that also will tell you what you truly believe. Oh, yes. Yeah, again, the good news is it
0: will tell you what you believe. The bad news is it will tell you what you you believe.
1: You
0: You know, my little psychotherapist thought was when you were talking, I I was connecting to a story working with the women in uh, the jail. Uh, This woman told an amazing story about having a daughter with cerebral palsy who is now 28, and for whatever reason, and I don't even... Know how I can even say this with the amount of disdain that I feel about it? When the baby was born, the doctor told her that she had a life expectancy of 28 years. How does that work? Who who says that? And you know what kind of seed does that plant? But anyway, years. And when she was when she was born, the doctor says she has yeah, a life expectancy 28. of 28. So now she's 28, so now the mother, you know, she'll die this year. And um, and the girl has been total care, you know, in diapers, but, you know, just the vibrancy of the mother's life, you know, this little, little innocent angel that has been given to her, right? And so her whole identity has been hooked into being the caregiver. And she was very clear that now she's in this sort of state of paralysis who am I if I don't have this identity of caregiver? Mm -hmm. And if little Sally Sue dies, God forbid, um, that, you know, then then I'm left with nothing. You know, she was so aware that her identity had been so wrapped up in this experience that there was nothing really for her to go towards. She didn't even have a... Uh, a frame of what that new life or what a life without her daughter would even look like for her. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, sort of that in-between time of where we, you know, had some activity or had some identity or had some work or had some personal relationship or had something that, you know, defined us and now saying, okay, I'm outgrowing that. And, you know things are shifting around me, how do I, like you said, totally turn towards the light, turn towards the sun, um, without this, you know, fear of, you know, what will that be like, or how do I let go of the other, it's so familiar, it's so usual, I'm so accustomed to that, what on earth will I be if I'm not that?
1: And especially when you don't really have a clear image. Yes. Of what you want to do instead, or who you want to be instead, or how you want to be instead. When that's not clear, you just know it's kind of like shift. You're in the shift. Um, Reverend Ellen Devenport, uh is a unity minister, and she has an image, she has imagery she uses to talk about that, and she talks about it about being in the hallway, uh-huh. that you, you know, like you step through the door of the of the room you've you been in, mm-hmm. and you close the door behind you, mm-hmm. or the door gets closed <laughs> behind <laughs> or you. Or the door gets closed behind you. You know, your partner divorces you, or you're, you get uh, fired, uh-huh. or, you know, the but, door is closed behind yeah. you. Clearly, I can't go back. And... Uh, you're in, standing in a hallway, mm-hmm. and there are doors mm-hmm. like down all down this hallway. Love it, but you don't know which door to go into. Right, and how? What do you do? And and how often do we just rush to the next door? Okay, well this door right here. open. Just open the door and go <laughs> in. But and it kind of doesn't fit, right? Uh-huh. So then you find yourself in the hallway again because that didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> And, oh, but the next door is right there, and it says this, so I'm (laughs) just going to go in that door. And how so often that's what we do in our lives. Mm -hmm. We just, like, pick the next thing, or we follow, my sister went through this door, I'm going to go through Mm. that door. Yeah. And so, really, there's so much value in, I'm in the hallway. Being
0: conscious of the present.
1: I'm in the hallway. And look at all, there's an unlimited Mm. number of options. Right that look at all these doors, Mm -hmm. it's my job to ask for guidance Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to prayerfully consider Mm -hmm. and then to choose. But while I'm in the hallway, that's my work to do. That's the action I take when I'm in the hallway. Getting clarity, using spiritual um, guidance, uh, being discerning appreciating all that I've learned and doing an assessment of who I am and where I am now. Mm -hmm. Because if I don't do that, then I don't have any basis with which to choose. Right. And so, um, but most of the time, most of us do what our action is, we've got to get out of the hallway as fast as possible. Right. And really, no, we don't have to.
0: That fear of this the sitting, right? It's just uh well, there was someone no, that wrote it. sitting a, in the silence. Right, right. Just the just the being present to be and and to looking for um, you know, what are the signs along my hallway. You know, there there are signs I think my metaphor for that is you know the, the divine design. The the good is always kind of pushing in on me, giving me signs or direction or ideas or people or signs from nature um, in a certain direction. If I just open my eyes to it, but you know my fear, my anxiety, my um, my my past, uh, you know, unresolved issues. You know, create this sort of frenzied approach versus um, just sitting. One of the things that we do in the jail on um, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, we have a, a group activity in the morning, a group experience at the end. We end with a meditation where we do some conscious breathing and then two or three minutes of silence, and then I do some more conscious breathing with them. And there's 64 women in the pod, right? And so. I'm looking out at the sea of 64 people, you know, meditating or breathing. And it's always fascinating to watch those that just literally can't sit still for that time. And they have to be picking up a pencil or they can't close their eyes or they're, you know, wiggling in their chairs or they're, you know, trying to laugh with the person next to them. And, you know, it is just an extraordinary thing to just sit and to watch what is my level of comfortableness being able to do that. And um, and I am reminded when I was involved in the Christian Mystic group, <clears throat> they had a morning meditation at 6:30 at the at the priest's house, and that's when I really started seriously seriously meditating. And and I was, you know, there's probably I don't know nine people in her little room where we did meditation, and I was the person that you know I would have to change chairs, or I would I I'd, I'd kneel for a little while, and then in 30 minutes I'd be like you have to have a little journal book, you know, that if you had a thought that you didn't want, you could write. And I'd just be, you know, writing letters in my journal book. <laughs> and everybody else is, you know, this, like, you know, levitation, meditation. You know, I could tell the other people around me were, like, so into it. I'm like, I'm going to self-combust. <laughs> if that 30 minutes doesn't end soon, I'm going to go take all my clothes off and go running out of the room. I mean, you know, it's just like this energy. I couldn't sit still. I mean, it just was a miracle when I could live through the 30 minutes, really. <laughs> to just get a sense of what is that internal unrest that i can't just sit with myself and um so it is a curious journey to just even begin there just sitting in where i am you know being present to the presence and uh present to the present uh you know my level of comfortability with that is an indicator of of many things (laughs) many things many things tracy brown many things
1: None of which we have any
0: judgment. (laughs) No, you would never. You would never judge aloud. Yes, that's very good. (laughs) So action, you know, taking the action to just be still, taking the action to do a daily practice. Um, uh, Another thing that that we talk a lot about with the women in the jail is the idea of, um, you know, many times... um, Our past emotional difficulties, uh, you know, sort of guide us on this automatic pilot of self-destruction. Yeah. And so, you know, a becoming aware of that, and then b, and this is a pondery for me, and you'll you'll appreciate this pondery. And um, the idea between, or the balance between, doing psychological work and healing and emotional work and going back and you know I had a therapist uh, tell me years and years ago you know people uh, if they're uncomfortable then going back to find out what is the seed of that uncomfortability is is meaningful if someone's not uncomfortable and they have some horrible trauma in their past but it's not causing any uncomfortability in the present then there's no really need to go back and dig that up but if there's some uncomfortableness in the present that the golden thread is, you know, this sort of trauma in the human experience, well, there is some value in resolving that. And it, and it is kind of a balancing act in my mind, understanding the power and the value of therapy and knowing and understanding how spiritual transformation and spiritual daily practice can, you know, morph us into these places of healing on a much quicker level. And so I kind of came up with this metaphor a while ago that talked about, you know, <clears throat> if you have a stain on a shirt and you wash it and you keep washing it eventually, in theory, in my little metaphor, it will eventually become clean. And that that can be traditional psychotherapy. If I keep washing the shirt and washing the shirt and washing the shirt, it will eventually become clean. If I add spirituality to that, it's kind of like putting um stain remover on the shirt on the spot. And then when I, you know, wash it a couple of times, like, wah it's clean. So, you know, for me I guess the mix has always um been important but uh but I do have that sense of, you know, you can just have the Eckhart Tolle moment. Should we call him a cult member as well to, you know, Please sort of you balance
1: as <laughs> well.
0: But uh, but I always like that what metaphor
1: a, a of, uh, of and himself no, and Oprah him and
0: oh, Leslie. <laughs> him and Leslie. So he's got Oprah now. Uh, yes, I, really secretly that must be it. I want my own cult. I you know I think ultimately I think I could be a better cult. I could you know I have this image. Follow me. I know the way. I used to. I was going to write this book once that said, uh, "Don't follow me. i have I'm lost." You know. But I think we do kind of tend to hook into different people and try to follow.
1: So Confucius says, Ah. "When (laughs) when it is obvious that the goals cannot be reached, don't adjust the goals, adjust the actions. Oh,
0: nice. Oh, that's interesting.
1: When it becomes obvious that the goals cannot be reached, don't adjust the goals, adjust the action step.
0: Yeah, how many times do we do that?
1: We think, oh, well, that can't be done. Well, yeah, so I'm not going to do that. Oh, that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I did these three things, and I you know, <laughs> I sent out 50 resumes, and I only got one call back, so that's not working. I'm not going to send out any resumes anymore. Mm-hmm. So if I stop taking action, I'm guaranteeing Mm-hmm. that I'll stay where I am. I'm guaranteeing that I won't go toward the goal that I originally set. And so, yeah, I just need to change my action. So I'm, you know, thinking from a spiritual perspective, kind of the same thing. My life's not going well, and so I stop doing my affirmations.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've been doing my affirmations for a whole week, <laughs> and and nothing's happened. So I, I'm i going to stop. Well, no, maybe you need to do a treatment, or maybe you need to change what you're affirming, or maybe you just need to continue do to it do more. Your affirmations mm-hmm. instead of once a day, you know, <laughs> 20 times a, day, times a day. 100 times a day. Right. Or So adjust the action steps. But you, for me, what that reminds me is that I almost... I always must be in action. Mm-hmm. So I I don't think this implies that you can never change the goal if you actually change the desire or want a different outcome. But if that's the outcome that you're clear you want, then, yeah, don't be discouraged just because you've been taking action. Mm-hmm. Try different action. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, you know, I can't even count the number of times, you know, in my life when, yeah, I've just said, oh, well, I don't do that so well, so I just won't do it anymore. <laughs> right. Or, or yeah, it's not work like you said. Oh, that's not working out. Don't bother.
0: And, like, and it is, you know, we're taking action, again, you know, whether we're taking action saying yes to spirit or we're taking action saying yes to fear or we're taking action saying yes to, saying yes to why me.
1: I like that, saying Action, taking action, saying yes to fear, mm-hmm. How, it, our world encourages us to do that.
0: Mm. Good Lord, yes, yes, yes. And, and again, you know, just having a language or a support system or a network of people around us saying yes with us is so significant. Um, Again, working with the women in the jail, getting them to share with each other what they're they're working on, what their intentions are, what their positive, um, you know, what their negative thoughts have been and how they're trying to shift that. We did, uh, it was a woman's idea actually in one of the classes last uh, two weeks ago. She said, you know, why don't we pick three women in this group and you tell us what you're working on. And one thing that you want us to affirm positively, and the smaller groups are 20 women. And we'll all come up to you every day and we'll say an affirmation to you, you know, of what you're working on. And I thought, what a magical idea this woman had. And so one woman wanted to be, you know, more verbal. She wanted to be more um, able to speak what was on her mind. So they were going to affirm, you know, what you have to say has value. Uh, I'm interested in what you have to say. Please you know, feel free to talk to me, you know, all of that kind of energy. One was around, she didn't feel like she deserved anything, so hers were more, you know, you deserve all the good there is in life. And then, um, and the final one was wanting sort of just to understand spirit. She's just really hungry for any kind of spirituality, but her life circumstances told her in her thinking, you know, there can't be a God, there can't be any kind of spirit because, who would do this? <laughs> what kind of divine design would have this as their plan that everybody I know loved uh, is dead or abused me, you know? And so she wanted to just be affirmed that there, you know, there is something outside of her that cares about her kind of thing. And so Thursday night they came back after having done that for a week, and I swear to you they looked different, and they were giddy. And the, <laughs> the so idea tough. of having these 20 women every day importing this message, encouraging. Yeah. And, you know, it reminds me of the Sangha group that I've been a part of for like six years. It, 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 you know, any kind of prayer group, that's the code word for the Sangha, is code for prayer group. But, you know, having a, a core of people around me affirming me, it, it's just it's immeasurable, The uh, the the shift that can happen. So, you know, when I'm open about what actions I want to go or what I'm struggling with or what I need and letting others speak to me the truth, boy, that's a powerful,
1: powerful thing. Yeah, and it's just as powerful for the support system, ah, people yes. who are doing, mm-hmm. uh, doing the affirming. It's like, yeah, that I am grounded enough that I can affirm you. That I am listening enough to the to spirit to share something affirming with you. I mean, that's that's really cool too. Hmm. Very nice.
0: Tracy Brown has had a thought there. Hmm. Did you have a thought with the hmm? No, no thought attached to the hmm. The, the, the idea also of, uh, there's a 12-step theory or 12-step um, homework. That's not really a really word, but the concept of if you're feeling resentment or bitterness or anger towards someone, you pray for them for 30 days, what you want for yourself, and it releases the resentment or the bitterness, and it also you know brings that energy into me. And, um, and I've done that several times over the course of my life, and, and it really is a fascinating thing to... A draw this person that I'm having these negative feelings about into the positive realm of wanting good things for them, and of course then it's just affirming these good things for me, and so it's uh, very much of a double, of a double, uh, a double win, a double win we say, and again the action of of helping others helps me. You know, there's just no way that the the ripple, there you go, the ripple effect of me helping others absolutely just like um well let's see if this is correct i'm thinking kind of in a in the water where the you know the the waves come in and then they go out and then they come back in and so there's kind of a circular kind of thing in nature that does show us the idea of karma the idea of you know what goes around comes around kind of thing so there's no way if i'm helping others or doing quote-unquote saying yes to spirit that that energy or that Work can't come back to me, tenfold pressed over,
1: and abundant. Right? Is that? A you are all about mixing <laughs> today—ripples and cults and mixed
0: metaphors. Just trying to keep keep it interesting, keep it kind of you know on the edge of something really uh, really wise, and then on the edge of something really kind of strange and perhaps strange and weird,
1: all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All at the same time. So,
0: um, Joyce Meyer. Joyce Meyer. Who is she? The women in the jail just love her. Is she? You don't? Are you serious? You know, I'm very serious. I don't know Joyce. Or are Meyer. you
1: just doing that for radio effect? Every
0: now and again, I do things for radio effect. But no, I mean, I've seen her on TV, and she seems kind of... I don't know, quirky and short skirt and older and strange. But the women on the—am I thinking of the right person? Short.
1: Skirts? <laughs> yes. She's short, skirts a short on, on skirt on
0: television. She's on television, right?
1: Short skirt. <laughs> well, I mean,
0: shorter. She's just in...
1: Okay, so Joyce She's on TV, and, um, right is a prolific Christian writer, and who writes primarily focused on women and. Christian Living, and um, she's, she's on TV. She's known the way that Joel Osteen is yeah. known. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But she has a, she, actually, her messages are a little more traditional yeah. than Joel yeah. Um, but it, it is all about empowering women to, or empowering Christian women to apply um their their faith in their everyday life, and she's um, the wisdom of God absolutely is expressed through her. Person.
0: Yeah, I tell you, the
1: women in the jail yeah, love her books. So, um, so this is a Joyce Meyer quote: Getting stress out of your life takes more than prayer alone. You must take action to mm-hmm. make changes. And to stop doing whatever's causing the stress. Oh, what a concept. So another person may be doing things, but you being in stress about it is your doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, once you get beyond someone actually physically harming you or right. grabbing you or, <clears throat> you know, threatening you. And even then, if that's happening, if you continue to stay in that relationship or... Right continue to show up for that scenario, then at that point you must take action to stop doing that, to stop going there, to stop being with that person, to stop that which is causing you the stress. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I love it because so often, you know, spiritual or religious, we take our spiritual practices, right, and we go back to our previous thing. Well, it's going to be magic. I'll just mm-hmm. pray and like magic, the 911, God will hear my 911 <laughs> call and just whisk this out of my life. Now that is possible, Daddy God. It's possible.
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> and, there are sometimes, times for yes, us to take action. Yes, yes. They're both and.
1: <laughs> yeah, there are times for us to take action. So, um, so yeah, I love I love that quote. I love this this just taking a little bit of time this week and really bringing it back to I have a part in what happens in my life. So it's up to me to take action. Whether that is me deciding what my spiritual practice is going to be every morning, but I it's I have to do something. Mm-hmm. I have to contribute in some way, whether that's simply holding the intention, uh, there is something for me to do. And I
0: think many times I'll get overwhelmed with, you know, the elephant that I'm supposed to be eating. You know, there's a huge thing that I'm supposed to be doing. And so I just look at that and I'm like, oh, I think I I need a nap. I just have to lay down now. Instead of saying, I can't use that metaphor because I would never eat an an, an elephant, but you know, doing one little piece at a time, one little tiny, 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 tiny piece at a time, and how that that it's
1: contributing to something bigger that you want to accomplish or achieve or complete.
0: And how putting that link to the chain, you know, I'm always reminded of um, John Caswell and the concept of meditating every day and putting that link in the chain and everybody that I've ever done therapy with over 30 years. I think there was 12 of them. But, um, you know, having every person, I always say to them when we first start, I said, you know, okay, part of the process, if you want to, you know, play the game as I think it's designed, is there's got to be some sort of, you know, five minutes just sitting, doesn't matter. And um, watching how difficult it is for all of us to put those links in the chain every day.
1: Every day.
0: And the mystic, the magic, the whatever comes from that daily action. And the strength of the chain, you know, the links, you know, is the strength, right? So right. if I miss a day, then I miss a link. And, and it's not as if, it, you know, the chain falls away, but it becomes less strong. And, um, you know, what an amazing ponder that as a human being I can't find five minutes a day to sit and be at peace or sit and write, you know, sit and shake my legs, <laughs> sit and think about all the horrible things that might happen today. You know, but just sit, just sit for the love of God, just sit. And it does get easier, it does get easier. Until you stop doing it. Oh, thank you, Tracy. Thank you, yes, right. Did you mean about me Was that about me? It's always about me.
1: No, it wasn't particularly
0: about you. Because it was an interesting thing, because I, you know, going back to that Christian mystic experience, that was probably what nine years ago now, seven years ago, nine years ago. And um, you know, after about a year, <laughs> I was able to sit silently in that little room and really have that experience of meditation and really feel deeply moved by it and then that disbanded and I picked it up and started doing it at uh, CSL Dallas every morning and continued that on for two or three years and then just stopped. So that's why I thought it was all about me. Because usually it is
1: all about me, but yes. It could be all about you for you. <laughs> it's
0: all about Sally Sue for Sally Sue. No,
1: yes, I was not making it all about you. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, anything else about Action and saying yes to spirit.
0: Action and saying yes to spirit. You know, it, it, you know, you had those little um, bracelets that said, you know, what would Jesus do? And then I yeah. think uh, New Thought came up with, you know, the bracelets that would say, what would love do? And and um, and there is a lot to be said to being conscious. I give the the women at the jail. You know, we do classes Monday through Friday, so they have the weekends, quote unquote, on their own. Yeah, and I always give the um, the the idea on Fridays to say, okay, now you have 48 hours to watch yourself. You you now are you know you're not going to have anybody come in and wake you up. You're not going to have anybody come in and tell you to come to class or remind you to do your homework or ask you what you're reading or you know, turn the TV from Jerry Springer to something less than Jerry Springer. Um, you know, so here's 48 hours that you can observe your behavior and what is your instinct, you know, what is your, in, you know, what is your natural thing? Are you drawn to sitting at a group of table and gossiping about the poor woman that, you know, hasn't taken a bath for a week? Or are you, you know, drawn to the table that has their Bibles open and is doing Bible study? Or are you drawn to, you know, your bunk so that you can sleep away the day and just will yourself back to the free world and say, why, God, why? You know, what is my natural impulse to take the act? You know, where is my instinct leading me in what direction, and then reminding them you have choice. You know, do not be on automatic pilot this weekend. Do not allow yourself to just, when I come in on Monday morning to say, how was your weekend, say, oh, man, I don't even remember, or, "Oh, you know, oh, gosh, you know.
1: I'm so glad we're doing this. I really (laughs) need it.
0: And it is interesting to understand that once we're
1: aware, you know, it, it, it
0: it opens up the choice. Yes. But boy, I want to stay asleep, right? It's a, I have a lot of motivation to just stay asleep so I don't have to be aware. So I don't have to have choice. So I don't have to be accountable. My actions can just happen to me. I'm a victim of my
1: actions. Now that's an interesting combination. Action. Finally hit on one. Then. And accountability. Uh-huh. But no, we're not going to go to accountability next <laughs> time. I don't think. But that's an interesting. Um, an interesting little box. When I take action, or the actions I take, I am accountable for mm-hmm. But if we talk sure. about accountability, we have to talk about work. <laughs> Toil. That's, my... that's right. Toil is your oh, new Oh, word. Is my new work. It's much more dramatic. Well, that's about all the time we have to talk about <laughs> action today. Tracy is done with action. I'm done with action. <laughs> right. But I do like that you brought it around to really it's all about choice, which is my, you know, one of my most favorite mm-hmm. topics in the world that we ah, have so choice.
0: Choice. It should be and choice. that
1: it is our choice and uh, our lives reflect the choices we make. So our actions are a representation of the choices we are making as well. True that.
0: And if I become an observer to my experience, then I can, you know, sort of be more active in my choices. It opens up my choices when I observe what's happening and then when I, you know, become aware of what's happening around me, um, then my, choice, my choices uh, become... More more plentiful. That's a word, isn't it? More plentiful. Plentiful is the
1: word.
0: Because <laughs> many times I can get stuck and think I only have one choice or I only have one thing I can do. I get very, you know, sort of narrow thinking, and, and I think that's when I'm in fear, right? When my choices close down, I think that's an indication that I'm in fear versus when my choices open up, I'm I'm in spirit. Ooh, I think I like that. I like
1: it. So that's it for um, Say Yes to Spirit, everyone. Until next time, say Say yes yes to Spirit. spirit.